Ah, uh, yeah. Welcome in. Welcome back. Welcome in. Welcome back. To another episode of the Format Podcast and uh, our second ever live episode. So uh, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate that. Um, real quick, want to say if you're uh, if you're here and, uh, and on YouTube and you haven't already, please go ahead, click that subscribe, that like, that notification bell. Make sure that uh, you're kept aware of whenever new content drops on the channel. If you want the audio-only version of the podcast, open up your audio podcast platform, hit the search bar, type in the Format Podcast, and we should come right up. Really appreciate if you're enjoying the content. If you give us that thumbs up, that five-star review, and leave us a comment. All that stuff helps us grow, helps us rise in the algorithm, helps us find more sports fans, helps more sports fans find us. So we got a pretty interesting show for you here today. And as you can see, I have a guest with me. I got my guy, Tony, from the Hoop Storians uh, NBA History Podcast. What's going on, Tony? Not much, man. Chilling. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Definitely uh, looking forward to uh, getting into some good uh, basketball conversation here tonight. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. No, I was just going to say we did kind of a home and home. You were on mine last night. Now I'm on yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely enjoyed that. It was it was it was a good flavor. And uh, now uh, now you're here with me. And so, uh, yeah, let, let's make it happen. All right. So the next topic, this is one that I've really been uh, super excited about. Um, since you and I met Tony, because you told me about this and I was like, I got to hear this. So before we start, let me give you my top five greatest players of all time. And there's a reason that I'm going to do that. My top five greatest players of all time. Number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Magic Johnson. Number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number four, Larry Bird. Number five, Hakeem Olajuwon. And yes, LeBron is not in my top five of all time. So be it. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, but yeah, the reason that I brought that up and I gave my top five of all time is because I think that Hakeem Olajuwon is the second best two-way player of all time behind Michael Jordan in terms of defensive skill and dominance and offensive skill and dominance. I truly believe that. Now, um, I've done other shows where I talked about the fact that I think that Hakeem is probably the most criminally disrespected and underrated all-time great in NBA history. Like, you really don't hear people talking about him the way that they should. Um, if we look at that, that two-year run where he won back-to-back -back championships, that run in 94, where I think, I think it's just him and Jordan – the only players to be regular season MVP, all-star starters, first-team All-NBA, first-team All-NBA defense, defensive player of the year, and finals MVP all in the same season. Elijah Wan did that. Now, some are going to say, well, he only won because Jordan is not there. Well, that's a fair argument, but we'll never know. But at the end of the day, Elijah Wan had the conditions that he had, and he dominated through said conditions. Now, um, I think dream and we saw it when he was at his peak i don't believe i honestly don't believe when he was at his peak that there's any center ever that could have dealt with him and so this is where we get to uh the topic and uh tony you told me when we uh, first met that you believe and correct me if i'm wrong the 1995 houston rockets are the best championship team of all time is that correct not, not, not the best a whole lot of teams would beat them i believe they are the greatest Team. The greatest. Okay, go ahead and tell us why the 1995 Houston Rockets are the greatest championship team of all time. Well, first off, we have to separate what greatest and best is, and I'll just make an example of this, okay? Mm -hmm. If 
if me and Michael Jordan played basketball one-on-one, right? You know, he mm-hmm. beat me 11-0, okay? And then in the second game, I beat him 11-9, okay? okay? He would have a better win than me. He beat me by 11. I beat him by two. But the fact that I beat Jordan, I would have the greater win. Even though I only won by two and he mm-hmm. won by an 11, I have mm-hmm. the greater win. It is the greater accomplishment for me to beat Jordan than Jordan to skunk me in a game. Fair. That is the difference between greater and best. So, so when I say that they are the greatest, I mean they are the greatest. They accomplished the the most amazing thing. There are a bunch of teams better than them. So, as far as that goes, the '95 Rockets um, are the only team ever to beat four fifty-five win plus teams. Not only the only team to beat four fifty-five win team, they beat teams that were four fifty-seven plus win teams. They're also the only team ever to beat the top four teams by record in the same playoffs. They did it all on the road. Not only did they do it all on the road, they did it in every single fashion. And then not and then not only did they do it in every single fashion, every single round they beat someone, they beat an MVP. So when you talk about oh. they beat guys that were like top seven guys, the lowest they beat was, let's see, who would be the lowest at David Robinson, maybe Charles Barkley. Where do you guys have them at? 25, 30. So the top 30, they beat four of the top 30 players. So let's start off in the first round. They go down to the Jazz 0-2. They win game five because it was only best of five back then in the mm-hmm. Delta Center. They Then they win um, – then they go down 0-2 against the Suns, who won 59 wins. Oh, by the way, the Jazz won 60. So then they go down 0-2 against the Suns, 3-1 against the Suns. They come back. They win game seven on the road in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Then they take on the top-rated seed and the MVP that year of the 62-win uh, Spurs. They win the first two on the road. They lose the next two at home. They win the next two. They win in six. And Keen dominated that series. And we went 35, 11, 35, five, 12, six. 5, and 4. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, then the next one, he dominated Shaq, and they swept them. They were down by 18. They came back in the first round, won in overtime. Kenny Smith at the time set the record for most threes in a finals game. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then um, and then not only that, he went up against Shaq. He averaged what 32, 12. He averaged another 32 and 12. So mm-hmm. that is why they're the greatest team. They are the only team to win all four on the road. They're the only team to beat the top four. They had there there was no weak team they beat. You take the 96 Bulls. The 96 beat Bulls beat the 42 win Heat. The what was it? The 50 win Knicks. The um then who they beat in oh, and then they beat a 60 win team and another 64 win team. So they had weak competition as they were beating it. The only way that you can say the Bulls are greater than the Rockets is if you value regular season wins over playoff wins. The Bulls were beating 42-win teams in the first round. The Rockets Mm -hmm. were beating 60-win teams in the first round. The Rockets had no home court advantage. The Bulls did. So that is the only – like I said, if you value 72 wins over 47, then that's your argument. I personally think what they did in the playoffs is way more valuable. You know what? So here's the thing. I have talked for the last, what, almost 30 years now about. So let me back up. I'm left-handed. And David Robinson for a long time was a player that I loved. He was my favorite center. He's lefty. He could shoot the jumper. He could handle the rock. He could run the floor. I loved him. And then I saw what Dream did to him. And I saw the way that Dream did it. And I, as great as Dream was, that prior playoff run, and he was incredible, I had never seen anything like what he did to David Robinson. And I talk about it all the time. That is the most sustained domination of a player of that level that we've ever seen 
that's why I think it's the single greatest playoff series ever played. And we can look at it and say, well, other guys have had great series. For instance, Michael Jordan averaged 41 uh, in the 93 finals. And that was incredible. I think that's the, the all-time high for an NBA finals season uh, series, excuse me. And it was incredible, no doubt. <clears throat> but even though Dan Marley was all NBA defense, he wasn't, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer. He wasn't a dream teamer. He wasn't a player the level of David Robinson. So when you look at David Robinson and matched up individually for an entire series, uh, six games against Hakeem Olajuwon, and you see Olajuwon averaging 35, 12, 5, and 4, just complete and utter dominance, and not just scoring, but absolutely dismantling David Robinson throughout the process. I mean, making him look silly, pulling out moves and things we have never seen before and not seen since. It was that crazy. And so I look at that and I say, that's the single greatest playoff performance I've ever seen. Now, Clyde Drexler also did a great job stepping up. I think he averaged 25 a game throughout that playoff run to um, help Elijah. No, am I off on those numbers? 20. 20. Okay. I thought it was 20 during the regular season, but regardless, I know he had a couple 40. I know he had one 41 point game in that playoff run and um, a couple more 30 point games, but regardless, Drexler was the help that, because I don't think as great as Elijah Wan was in 95, I don't think he would have been able to do it all by himself again, like he did in 94, if he didn't have Drexler with him. So um, breaking down the way you broke it down in terms of being that six seed coming back in three different series from, you know, uh, two game deficits. That's crazy. I don't think we've ever seen that. And to that point, it may actually bear, it may actually bear discussion that that is arguably the greatest playoff run that we've ever seen based on what the Rockets did um, in 1995. That's, that's crazy. I'm very impressed by that breakdown. That was something I've been waiting to hear, but that, that is crazy. And again, dream is dream is my guy. So let me ask you this. Um, now that you've broken down why that was arguably the greatest playoff run. Let's drill down to the individual, some that I talked about at the beginning of this segment. Where are you on my contention that Hakeem Olajuwon is the second best two-way player of all time behind Michael Jordan? I would have him as the, the best two-way player of that regard because I think his defense was leaps and bounds um, over Jordan. Like, um, I'll put it this way. He was slightly, at the very peaks, he was a slightly worse thief than Jordan. He was... Mm -hmm four times the shot blocker he was, and mm -hmm. he was two or three times the defensive rebounder he was. Jordan was a, because his him at his peak was 28 a game. You know, Jordan at his best years were 32. I mean, I don't know if you want to count 37, but that wasn't his best, best right. as him as Jordan. Uh, so Jordan was a slightly better offensive player as far as putting up buckets, but Hakeem was more efficient with the field. He just shot less. So I would have him as a better two. I, I say this all the time. Hakeem is the best player I've ever seen. That 95 Hakeem was better than anything I've ever seen Jordan play as far as the eye test goes because of the level of competition. Jordan, when he was matched up, he wasn't matched up against other MVPs. He wasn't matched up against other defensive players of the year. He wasn't matched up against the most dominating uh, player ever. Nothing like that. So I have, I have Hakeem on the eye test as being the best I've ever seen. Now, obviously, I think for a career, Jordan is greater. Jordan accomplished mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. and all that. And I think Jordan was better more seasons than Elijah. But once again, that's one of those one-of-one one things. I will take Elijah once best season over Jordan's best season. 
So does it mean anything to you that Michael Jordan is the only guy to be defensive player of the year while leading the league in scoring? And besides that, the only defensive player of the year to average 30 points or more? Because like we know how much physically it takes out of you to be an elite defender. And to do that while still shouldering the load of being the best offensive player in the league, like that's crazy. What are your thoughts on that? Um, really to me though, it means nothing because once again, defensive player there is subjective. Was there any, was, what were the numbers to back it up? You just thought he was playing the best, but more than likely, and I haven't broken down the numbers, uh, the more mm-hmm. likely he did not lead in defensive wind shears, defensive block plus as steals, you know, and obviously blocks, you know, there was not, he did not lead in there. There were other players that led in other defensive categories. So it's a subjective you have, as you're seeing it, like this guy's good, this guy, but I just think this guy's good. And maybe I think it because I like the way he plays more or maybe because his team won more or anything like that. So, I mean, Elijah one was putting up 28 while blocking four shots, getting two steals and getting 12 rebounds. Jordan never did that. So okay, it depends so on what you value more. So I'm I'm with you on the steals. I think it's incredible that Elijah Wan um, being, you know, a seven footer or six eleven, however you want to say it, but being a pretty much a seven footer, a center, uh, retired top 10 in steals. I believe he's still top 10 in steals. So that is crazy. However, on the flip side of that, is it fair to compare his block shots and Michael Jordan's block shots being that he is a center? Like, is that fair? Because if it we look at it, Michael it Jordan because- retired. Hold, hold on one second. Michael Jordan retired as the all-time leading shot blocker among guards. D-Wade eventually broke that. But Michael Jordan, for being a guard, was an absolutely elite shot blocker. Right. He was for a guard. And Hakeem was an absolutely <laughs> elite thief for any position. So normally mm. centers can't do that. So Hakeem reached true. into so Hakeem was a big who reached into that guard realm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that mm-hmm. is why I have Hakeem as a better two-way player because Hakeem could do guard things. Jordan could not do could big not do man big things. man things. Like I said, he was a good he was a good positional shot blocker for for a guard. He blocked a lot of shots. Overall, mm-hmm. no. He was a good positional assist man, but not overall. He was a good positional rebounder, but not overall. Hakeem, other than assist, was not a mm-hmm. good positional. He was just a good period in everything but assists. Right. And those right. are the five things you majorly do. You get assists, you get steals, you get blocks, you get rebounds, you get mm-hmm. um, points. Every other thing that you break down statistically wise is a derivative off those five things. So that's why I think Hakeem, because Hakeem, Hakeem is able to reach into guard realms that mm-hmm. Michael Jordan cannot reach into big man realm. So if we're comparing two ways, then, and this is what I always say when you get down to the top 10, because I start breaking down like 10 players and, you know, top 10 or you got to start splitting hairs because they're all great. Absolutely. They're all great. Like, to be honest with you, if you would tell me, I would rather have, you know, Tim Duncan over Michael Jordan. And you say, well, why is that? Well, he caused no problems. He was the only player right. ever to win 50 games for 20 straight years, 19. Um, I thought it was 15, missed- but go ahead. Huh? I thought it was 15, that 50 game win streak, but. No, no, no. He, for 19 straight years, he did 50. The only years that he didn't okay. get was the was the 99 lockout, lockout. season when they played 15 mm-hmm. games. But if you factor mm-hmm. in playoff wins, he won 52 games that year. And you know, playoff wins should count more than than um, regular season wins. So all I'm saying is, if you said that is the reason why, you know, he doesn't rock the boat. He's coachable. You can yell at him. You know, mm-hmm. he'll do he'll do whatever to win. And like Tim Duncan really will. He'll come <laughs> off the bench. He'll take a pay cut. Tim Duncan will legitimately do whatever to win. And a lot of players will not because it's – Kobe even said this once, and I don't know. Do you know who Joseph Vincent is? 
makes amazing documentaries on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he just did a Kobe victory. He just did a Kobe documentary. It's awesome. <coughs> I have a lot of it on my, my TikTok page and all that. Cause like I said, I found it amazing, but Kobe said a lot of players play for financial gain. And I figure, and I found out once they get that financial gain, their drive, their passion, their obsession to win mm-hmm. is gone. Yep. So I'm saying when you got Tim Duncan, who's willing to, after he won, take the pay cut, take the less minutes, take the bench roll and all that. So I can understand that because Tim Duncan is a top 10 guy. And this is what all I right. mean by splitting hairs. You just mm-hmm. like Jordan. He looks more, but you know, Tim Duncan got you five rings too. He just doesn't look as good. So that's right. where this breakdown goes in. So as far as like back to the keen, yes. I think Hakeem is more well-rounded, like I said, except for assists. And we've seen in playoffs where he's getting five, six assists, which is great mm-hmm. for positional numbers as yeah. well. Well, I, I'm so I'm not mad at that. Let me make that clear. Hakeem Olajuwon is actually my favorite player of all time. Like, I love watching that dude play. I still go back and watch this guy. But um, that said, I just – I find it so hard to go against Michael Jordan because I think the difference offensively – along with him being an elite defender, is probably the difference in those guys as two-way players. Now, that in no way, in my estimation, takes away from anything Dream did because he is the only guy, if I'm not mistaken, in history to retire top 10 in four major statistical categories, and that's points, rebounds, uh, shot blocking, and steals. Like, nobody else can say that. So to your point, that is absolutely absurd that anyone could do that, furthermore, a big, right? So I, I get where you make that argument, but um, like I said, the, the difference in Michael Jordan's ability to absolutely take over a game offensively, I think, is the differentiator. I think that's the separator that puts um, because the difference in defense, I don't think is as large as you would like to think. I, I chalk a lot of that up to the fact that, again, Michael Jordan's a six, six guard and dream is a seven foot center. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I got to go with Mike just because of the offensive dominance. But, you know, I'm not mad at your argument that you make either. No, um, and, and if that's what you go with, that's what you go with. Like I said, I can't knock anybody for um, for um, going with Mike over that. I just said that that's what I think about with the team. But I also think, too, part of the Mike thing is because, like I said, I have a rotation of five players, I think, that can be mm-hmm. argued for the GOAT logically. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's the gap that people wanna that people want to say that it is. It's just that when you look at like the advanced numbers as well, Michael Jordan for his career is a two positive two on the defensive end, defensive plus plus block put plus box score minus or whatever. And mm-hmm. Hakeem's 2.5. And he mm-hmm. just consistently is better every year. It's kind of like this. It's between Mike and Kobe and shooting. Kobe shoots 45. Mike shoots mm-hmm. 50. People try right. to go over the course of the game. That's only one shot. Well, if you take away one shot, Jordan's maybe only got three or four rings instead of six. That's mm-hmm. how much one shot can make. And mm-hmm. consistently, Hakeem is one shot better every game. And that adds up. I'm not saying it's a league route, but that is a big over the course. A couple points, that is a big difference. If you can, if you have enough ability to swing a game, a couple points, you're a mm-hmm. hell of a player. Fair enough, fair enough. And we're going to leave that right there. Um, so that was our last topic for the day. That was uh, incredible. But before we go ahead and close out, I wanted to make sure that I drop a little nugget here. And uh, it's called This Day in the NBA. And uh, today in the NBA, it's March 2nd. And uh, 64 years ago today, 
March 2nd, 1962, Wilt Chamberlain did what we consider the impossible. Now, with the way the defensive rules are today, if they don't change, man, who knows? Maybe somebody hit 25 threes in a game. Who knows? But Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points against the New York Knicks in Hershey, Pennsylvania on this day in 1964. So shouts to the Big Dipper. Um, I hope you're somewhere looking back on that fondly and saying, I, I can't believe I did that. But Knowing Will, I, he probably can believe he did that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's this day in the NBA. So uh, what I want to do before we get out of here is uh, give give Tony an opportunity to go ahead and tell the people where they can find you, man. Uh, yeah, I got a weekly show uh, Monday through Friday. It's called the Hoop Historians. We are on the Sports Fluent channel. We're with Sports Fluent Media. We are 10, per, 10, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we kind of do history. We kind of, you know, break down different things because uh, nowadays anybody, and uh, as you see by this show, and we did it last time too, anybody, mm-hmm. we only want to talk about Jordan and LeBron, and I'm trying yep. to expand it more. Like right. you said um, about, you know, the greatest disrespected player was Hakeem. I think the greatest all-time disrespected player is Bob Pettit. Nobody knows about Bob Pettit and just sure. how great he was. Um, just for example, he uh, 26 and 16 would be a good game. He averaged mm-hmm. that for his entire career not just a right. season for his right. entire career. So um, that's kind of what we do on the show. We try to show a different level of um, NBA history and mm-hmm. uh, how everybody made up what you see today. And there's more than just uh, LeBron and Jordan. Fair enough. Fair enough. And by the way, as you mentioned it, another probably underappreciated disrespected all time, great Moses Malone, but uh, yeah, maybe that's a, maybe that's another topic Tier for another day. Say again. A tier one guy. There are tier, tier level players. Guy. He is a tier one level player. I can go with that. Dominant rebounder, incredible scorer, absolutely. Dominated right. Kareem in the finals. 1983, you're right. Yes. That's right. Four, four, four. Kareem averaging seven boards a game in that series, and mm-hmm. that dude is 7 2. Right. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and leave it right there. We're going to get out of here. Hey, thank you so much for everybody who tuned in. Appreciate you. If you're here on YouTube and you haven't already, please go ahead, click that like, that subscribe, and that notification bell. Make sure you do that. Really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, that's going to be it. And uh, I'll be back with you guys on the next episode. And I'm out. Peace.